This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Denver's Vietnamese, Chinese, South Korean, and other East Asian communities celebrated Lunar New Year on Tuesday. But the Year of the Tiger has only just begun. Usually in Asia, they would take the whole week off. We don't do that here. Unfortunately, I would love that. But we would literally celebrate for 10 days straight. I stopped by Trong on Gifts at the Far East Center earlier this week to talk to Mimi Luong. Her family fled the fall of Saigon in 1975, and for decades, they've been behind Denver's largest Lunar New Year celebration, which is back and bigger than ever this weekend on Federal Boulevard. Today is Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Okay, here we are in the Far East Center. It's popping for a Monday afternoon. Oh, looks lovely. Oh, just got whistled at by a toy. So a little background of this area. Um, the Far East Center is owned by my family. My dad and his two brothers um, had this great idea of starting the Fari Center because they wanted a place that they can remember their home from. Um, they escaped from Vietnam um, in 1975 in April at the Saigon Falls. So they had to leave everything that they had and known and grew up with. With communist forces only a few miles from the center of Saigon, the order to evacuate American nationals is given. Americans and citizens of third countries who have been guaranteed space on the airlift gather at assembly points for the bus ride to Tonsunut Airport. So within 24 hours, they got the notice that they had to leave the country. My grandpa is actually a really well-known and famous banker in Vietnam. He owned a bank and my great aunt was um, works at the U.S. Embassy and she was a translator for the American military. And at that time she met the military general and they got married over there. When they had to escape, he would, you know, tell them, hey, it's gonna be over. I can get all your entire family onto a plane and leave. And it's around 19 members. And everybody, like, we, they all lived in, like, a big house, had cars, everything. They had to leave everything that they'd known and built, this whole empire. They had to leave every single thing. For the frightened civilians, the first few hundred feet were the most dangerous. After that, they were out of range of rifle and pistol fire. The hardest part was the waiting. Many people said it was unnerving to be waiting for a ride to safety and to be hearing fighting all around you. 
And so um, the reason why they they came to Colorado is because my great uncle, the military general, actually lives here. And his family is here. And my great aunt was here. So they all came to Colorado. And they were the my dad and his siblings were all the first refugees to step off the bus. Um, and I actually recall when I was in elementary school, there was a history book. And it was like a Colorado history book where they, they showed like refugee like the first refugee in Colorado and my dad's picture was on that bus but I'm trying to find that book I can't find it so maybe one day if somebody hears this and they see this book I would love a copy of it but um when they came here um King Supers at that time um accept refugees and was very open to helping them get a job and all my uncles went to King Supers and were stalker boys. They didn't know any English. So they were all just in the back, like stocking milk and like eggs and stuff like that. And my, all my aunts and my grandma would go to a motel and was housekeeping. And so from a life where you live very good life to coming here with nothing this episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers, and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high quality meats, eggs, and dairy from small local farms, fresh baked breads from local bakeries, and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. Best part is Pine Melon offers same day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at PineMelon.com. That's PineMelon.com. But Mimi's dad and her uncles tried to make the most out of their new life. They eventually opened a couple of Vietnamese supermarkets in Denver named after Mimi's grandfather. And as the family grew and their businesses prospered, they had an idea for something larger. A place that would celebrate Asian culture and the home they were forced to leave behind. That idea became the Far East Center, a shopping plaza and community space they built in southwest Denver. My dad and all his siblings and stuff was like, why don't we try to make a shopping plaza? A plaza that can have all of us all in one because we have like sisters that have restaurants. We have like a supermarket. Why don't we just get make a shopping center that can fit all that? They got all their money together, but they didn't have enough money. So they had to ask the city for help and they requested this area and they found this land and they built the Bari Center and they got the gate to remind them that Asia, you know, and it's called Far East because it's not just like Vietnam or China. It's everyone in the Far East, like anyone over in Asia can open a shop, a store in the Far East Center to have their restaurants and um, be like multi cultural and diverse and at that time through it started in 1987 till now we've had a lot come and go and it's been very international a few years later we had a line dance group came and it was Shaolin Homei in Boulder um, the Sifu the master is Howie Solo he's actually American and it was really weird because his whole group was all American and he you know he asked and we're like yeah let's do line dancing for lunar new year and they did amazing and that's how we got the propose of thinking the idea how can we share our culture 
with the community, especially the community is so diverse. Like we, this area has Hispanic, it's American and everything. And they love to learn more about our culture. So this has just been a thing that my mom always wanted to share. Like, hey, they're actually interested in us for once. They want to come and celebrate with us. Like, Amer like American yeah. New Year as everywhere, but Lunar New Year, not too many people know about it. So it was their thing was, I just want to share so people can get good memory. My thing right now is to help make this area become a historical landmark. I don't want it to go away. Like my parents' legacy of building something and starting something, I don't want it to go away, you know? So, you know, we try to do more events that pertain like a lot of culture and, you know, tradition and just a celebration. Ladies and gents, if you get hit by this, you're going to get hit up all year round. You're hearing sounds from the last Lunar New Year event at the Fari Center in 2020, right before everything shut down. And Mimi told me the celebrations this weekend are going to be bigger than ever before. Because she and her family are trying to get this stretch of Federal Boulevard recognized as its own district, Little Saigon. I've never been to Asia. I don't know how it's celebrated over there. I can see videos on YouTube or, you know, stream from like, you know, everywhere. But how do I you know, celebrate is by sharing our culture of traditional line dancing, traditional dance, add in some modern pop and, you know, dancing there. We have lanterns for good luck and shining. The meaning of lantern is to shine a bright road for the new year. Um, we have lots of fruits. Every fruit have different meaning. Um, you know, pomelos and um, tangerines are a symbol for good luck. And anything round is rolling the luck to you. Can you tell me about the red envelope? So red envelope is the main tradition. Um, you would put lucky money in it is what we call it. Um, a dollar to however much you want. They are usually given to kids and elderly. Just an offering, like if you give somebody a red envelope in a lucky red envelope, um, you will get 10 times back the luck. You try not to spend that money um, unless you need it on a rainy day, but it's to see if you can hold all that lucky money for the whole year. I love that idea. That's like gives so much more meaning to the beginning of the year. There's mm -hmm. like saving money and thinking about, you know, the future and things like that. Yeah. And this year we're bringing in, before it was like, just the line dance but this year we're bringing in a bunch of different performers from different cultures to come in to share that we are all as one we're not separated at anyhow we want to all share and celebrate lunar new year together all as a community so that is my thing and so we brought in um japanese taiko drummers we have vietnamese um fan dancers we have chinese instrumental players we have um korean k-pop you know, so I think it's a very good time and especially bring awareness to with this everything with the AAPI, Asian hate and everything going on. I think every, the, having the community come together and be very supportive of the Asian community and what we do, you know, it, it helps, you know, get our voices out and sh let people be more aware. Sure. And, and connecting people to who who you are yes. it's not you know who, who the and people behind the businesses and the restaurants and yes and everybody has a story you know mine and my parents and my my story is nothing probably compared to a lot of other people but 
we're just very humble that we're able to share something like truly from the, my, my family's heart, what they want to grow. Good to know. I'm bringing my, uh, my eight-month-old son over, so. Oh, good. We're so I'm excited. So yeah. And hopefully he's not scared of <laughs> No, his dad's a drummer, so he's used to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mimi, thank you so much for sharing your family's story. No, thank you for coming out here. You can head over to Trong on Gifts at Federal and Alameda this Saturday and Sunday for lion dances and other performances, including Japanese hip-hop, K-pop dances, and kids' fashion shows. Find out more at littlesaigondenver.com. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. Yesterday, Denver's Department of Community Planning and Development unveiled an update to their plan to encourage the construction of affordable housing. This is a big, dense document with a lot of moving pieces, and state lawmakers are hard at work on their own approach to the problem. The one thing we can all agree on, though, is that we're really in need of more affordable housing in this city. So we're going to dig a little deeper and try to sort it all out for you. Stay tuned. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. Oh, and guess what? Our regular newsletter writer, Peyton Garcia, is back. Yay! We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. Yesterday, Denver's... Denver's blah, 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 development. Okay. <laughs>